When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. California. My name is Michael, and I am a mere figment of your imagination. I look forward to once again serve you those sounds of salvation. First time listeners out there, this is a very different kind of show, a place where we don't feel so alone. Let us chase away the light no matter what you at home choose to believe. We do admire you for your curiosity. In a moment, I'll be joined by Mr. Ole Damagard. He is a very respected researcher and activist. He really needs no introduction here on this program, that's for sure. Now, without further ado, let's bring in Mr. Damagard. And joining me right now is Oli Damagard. How are you, sir? I'm pretty good. I haven't slept for a couple of days, but otherwise than that, good. Wait a minute, you haven't I, slept I, in a couple of days. What happened? I don't know, but it's it's interesting because I, I hear that from people in many different countries that they wake up or they're woken up around 3 a.m. in the morning. And I'm not sure what's going on, if it's... Uh, just coincidence, or if it's on a spiritual level that we're being poked at, uh, or if it's uh, through the internet that they... I mean, when you, when you look at uh, some of the torture methods that uh, these different uh, letter agencies uh, are using, one of them is uh, sleep de- deprivation, and I hear a lot of people with sleeping disorders, so I don't know, but it's uh, annoying as hell. Really? So you think you're actually being targeted, uh, Oli, in some regards? No, no. no. No, not me personally, but uh, but what I have been uh, told by people on the inside is that they have ah. uh, they can go through the Wi-Fi net and just send out sort of like a uh, like a you know like a uh, how to say where it's just like in the old electrical systems uh, you know when um, like here on Bali for instance that it's not very good so sometimes it comes like a wave of electricity ah, okay. to the house and it can knock out the uh, knock out the fuses, uh, I've been informed that they can do the same uh, through the Wi-Fi, but it's sort of, so it comes like an impulse or a pulse, you know, just to sort of nod you. Kind of like an energy weapon then. Yeah, sort of. uh, Very simple, very simplified. I just, I'm just thinking, I just think it's interesting that people keep mentioning the same 
time a day. That's why I've been sort of been looking into this a little bit because often for most people, as far as I know, it's around three, three a.m., three eleven, three thirty-two, three thirty-three, around there. It's like somebody's just um, pushing you a little bit and you wake up and you're totally awake for no reason and your mind is just like what why am i awake i should be asleep but you're sort of totally clear in the head and you cannot go back to sleep and it's annoying once again as hell i agree so, yeah that sounds so, like you've been tortured then for a while no, but I, it's absolutely not just me. Or maybe if if we look, if this would be a sinister agenda, maybe okay, maybe they they have handpicked IP addresses and just uh, um, do it like that. I don't know. But I tell you, these IP addresses is interesting because um, I was doing a tour in Sweden, and <clears throat> there was this. Uh, normally, I'm I, I without bragging, I'm sharp as hell because I need to be super prepared. Right. Um, you know, with these areas that I'm into, yeah. If I get anything wrong, I go down. You know, it's sort of so, so. Normally, I know my stuff, and I have PowerPoint presentations that are there. You know, I put hundreds of hours into them, so I'm well prepared. And we came to Stockholm this time and we were being, uh, you know, there was quite a lot of resistance. They, they kept shutting us down the, the basis I was going to talk. So we, we booked two uh, venues every time so that we had one official one where everybody thought we were going, but actually we were preparing another one. And then we had a van that went between the two places because so when people came to the original venue, we just drove them over to the other one around the corner, but it confused the people. And the organizations that were trying to stop us, and and the reason I I kept getting stopped is for hate speech. Hate oh speech. I, hate speech is the one that I'm I'm and um, well, what can I say? I mean, it's if I'm done maybe a thousand interviews, I don't think you can find a hateful word anywhere. So go figure. But anyway, right. Uh, this time I was uh, I I started going, and I just felt. I was confused. I was, uh, you know, not good at all. It was, I just, and I'd only slept a few hours that day because when we're on tour, it's super intense, you know. So we normally we sleep like four hours per per day, and then you know on to the next place because also I and my tour organizer we're doing the driving as uh, ourselves as well. So it's like intense but super good. I'm not complaining at all. And anyway, on this day, I was not good at all on stage. I just felt, shit, I should have slept more or so. Yeah. So I, I just uh, said, sorry, uh, can we just take an, uh, an intermission here? And so I went out in the cold air and I started slapping myself, you know, like, come on, come on, what's going on? Because when you're in front of a big crowd, you can't sort of like stand and just mumble and be yeah. all over the place. I didn't feel good about that at all. And then this guy called Undersuit Boy, who I, I didn't know at the, uh, at the time, but he's a quite well-known guy in Sweden for uh, going around with the measuring equipment, showing how much radiation is coming out from different locations, which is absolutely mind-blowing, you know, the, the, the levels of, of uh, radiation that's being sent out there through 5G and crap and in Stockholm, where in Stockholm, by the way, uh, she studies the, where the headquarters of the Ericsson is, and Ericsson's are the ones that are really uh, frontline uh, developers of 5G. Right. So, so anyway, we were, and also they are owned by the Wallenberg fam family, which is a very unknown part of the New World Order. Most people are not aware of them, but these are heavy players, and 
They've been that for generations, and their motto is to rule without visibility, and that is exactly what they do. So anyway, um, uh, uh, this guy came up to me, and he said, uh, he introduced himself, and then he said, are you aware of what happened when you were on stage? And I said, what do you mean? He said, are you aware of the level of radiation or EMF that you received when you were on stage? I said, I don't know. And he said, how do you feel? I said, I feel better now, but when I was up there, I felt really confused and and he said to me that, uh, you know, normally a person who would not be prepared or, I mean, I do a lot of uh, spiritual work with myself, you know, and trying to get my shit sorted, you sure. know, inner stuff as well. And I meditate and I've been down. I'm an international Raj yoga teacher. I've been that for like 15 years. So I, I'm pretty balanced. And uh, he said an ordinary person would have been on his knees because he had ch- he had checked the messroom uh, the EMF uh, radiation while I was on stage and it was coming from where I was standing. And he said he was sitting about eight meters, eight yards uh, from where I was. And he said, so, and, and this radiation goes down dramatically per meter. So he calculated and he said, if I remember right, he said where I was standing, there was about 250,000 micro uh microwatt per square meter something like that I, I don't know but it was like way way up there more than would what would be normal and what was um in uh, among the audience and so i was like what because that is the first time ever i possibly experienced anything like that that i'm aware of yeah and so he said uh, but i said but how is that possible because i was like indoors and there was like uh the curtains were pulled and he said, no, no, it's through your IP address because I had a, a, a Bluetooth headset on. So I was moving around freely in the, in the room. He said, they go through the IP address, your IP address on your computer. And then they, they just hit you through Bluetooth in through the, uh, the headset. So, well, what can I say? That, that is, uh, that is what he said. And I felt that that was what I experienced also. Another thing now when, when we're in this area, because they really tried to stop us um, physically as well on yeah. the latest tour. I had no idea this and, was going on with you, by the way, Oli. Well, that's when you're full of hate speech. Uh, no, I'm being <laughs> censored, right, left and center everywhere. And it's because of bullying and hate speech that or breaking um, community rules. Yeah. Do you know, I went, uh, I was going to go live with Alfred Weber. Uh, yeah, he's he's an international lawyer and he's got his own show. Yeah, and he's he he said uh, I just want to make a, a live update on Facebook. Uh, let's go blah 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 blah. And so he put in live update with Ola Damgård and clicked uh, go live. And as soon as he clicked on the button go live, it came up a big red sign: you have broken uh, Facebook community uh, guidelines or whatever, Ooh. and you're being blocked. Yeah, there's so, some heat on you there. And I'm not. Yeah, exactly. But it's not me. It's the information that I still deliver. It's especially when I talk about false flag operations and how they are put together, the, the few methods they have against us and sort of the template, the blueprint they're using. When I do shows about that, boom, that's when they hit me. So that is very sensitive information for them because it's very easy to see once you understand what it is they actually do. It's like pulling down the pants of this magician, uh, you know, the Wizard of Oz, who's trying to manipulate us, and you just pull the curtain, and it's there for everyone to see. So this is why I think they fear it. But another time, 
I mean, they, they try to, uh, uh, I believe, stash our, uh, or, or nail us for drug, uh, uh, for lots of drugs in wow. our RV. They try to plant we, drugs on you. The thing was, uh, I can only say that, uh, you know, when, I get, when I've been going on tour, it's yeah. ridiculously few people we're speaking in front. You know, it's, it should be a joke for these so-called powerful powers. Because we're talking everything from 25 to 150, 200 people. Because I can't go to the bigger venues because it got shut down. So we go to people's homes and we do it in the privacy of their homes, you know. So we went to this place in Kalmar in the south of Sweden. <laughs> it was a small little gathering. And then in the morning, 2.30 or something like that, when we were, when I came out and uh, we were about to, to, load the RV, I opened the door and it had been closed with the alarm on. I opened it and it stank of, of marijuana. Oh. I was like, what the hell is this? You know, so I, I went in and I got a, a person out with a camera. I filmed, we filmed live. I just said, this is it. Uh, we are, I'm on tour. It's 2.30 in the morning. I just come out and please, uh, can you go and we filmed the whole thing because I think I thought if they're going to try and do something with me, I want this film beforehand so I can show afterwards, you know? Yeah. So I said, uh, I sent in other people in the RV and said, what's that smell? Dude, can you feel it? Is it like wet socks or what? Everybody came out and said, Oh my God, it's, it's, it's marijuana. It's, uh, it smells like Christiania and in, in Copenhagen where they sell it openly. And I, I just felt the exact same thing. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And in Sweden, you cannot have Mariana on you. Can't have pot, and this yeah. was a very heavy smell. So I was like, how, how, what have they done? So we pulled, we took apart the whole RV, you know, out with the seats, out with the water tank, out with everything. Because I thought they planted, you know, like a couple of kilos there somewhere in Damn. there. Yeah. So then a few uh, kilometers down the road, stop us in some kind of a, a yeah. drug bust. And say, well, oh, here he is. Uh, you know, what a bummer. But this truth seeker, apparently he was going on tour selling drugs. <laughs> I mean, it's not the first yes. one I've seen go down like that. So, I mean, you, you so go anyway, inside the RV or whatever, and it smells like a Cheech and Chong were in there, basically. It, that that was it. That was it. Exactly. You couldn't see the smoke, but it smelled but it exactly smelled, like that. I see. So, we pulled the whole thing apart, and there was nothing. So, I was like, how is this possible? Maybe someone and smoked inside. Saw, oh, go ahead. No, there, there were air holes in the floor of the, I think that's part of the circulation system in that model. So there, there are small holes underneath the seats, uh, you know, so I don't know if they sort of, I'm, I'm guessing now, but I would say maybe put a few tubes into these holes and then pumped uh, the smell of, of marijuana into the van or the RV. And also with the plan of once we, we packed the, the whole thing, got going down the road, then just uh, a few kilometers uh, further down, uh, there would be some kind of local. Or they road. smoked inside the RV. True. Also true, possibility. You true. never know. But I'm, yeah, I'm just saying it was locked yeah. and it was, uh, w there was an alarm. Uh, so I don't know. But that, once again, that would be a piece of cake for people that know what they're doing. What they're doing, yeah. For sure. Uh, but the smell disappeared while we were taking everything apart. So, so it wasn't a constant smell, you know. And uh, and anyway, we we loaded the. Also, since I went live with this, we were talking openly about it. And then we drove down uh, towards the south of Sweden, and 
uh, you know, just like five, 10 kilometers down the road, there were all of these uh, police cars out with, with blue lights. Shining. I'm not saying that it was because of that. I'm sure. just saying that this was just an ordinary night and normally there's no activity like that in that area. But this time there was. Oof. And then, then the, the next day, if it's okay that I ramble on. No, I love it. Go ahead. Yes. Okay, and we went to another place. Once again, small crowd, but very, very beautiful people. But I mean, really, it should, someone like myself should be an absolute joke that nobody would even care about if they were very powerful. You know, anyway, so we, we went to this place. We were in somebody's home, very nice people. I did my presentation. There was one guy there that looked very much like some kind of the person from one of these intelligence communities, mm. blah, blah, blah. You know, there's a certain, I can very often spot them, you know, because many of them are former military guys and, and so on. And, and the way they behave, the yeah, way the they, way they look, carry the themselves. Way, exactly. So, so uh, I, I, I shake hands with every single one that comes to these uh, gatherings and especially with these people. And I look them in the eyes and I can see they do not like me. But uh, I feel that these people are the most important ones for me to uh, invite because it is through them that this uh, control mechanism is kept in place because they guide it, guard it, you know, it, instead of the, them working for us, they work for these dark forces. Anyway, so he took off. He looked terrified after half of the presentation, which is very unusual. And he took off. I didn't see him again. And then we left uh, in the night. And then in the morning, uh, the the host couple were driving one of the people that had been there to the local bus and they were driving down a tiny little road, you know, where there are normally no police cars, no nothing like that, to the bus station. This was out in the countryside and and uh, there were three people in the car uh, and then there was this uh, police car where they were stopping cars, but they, the, they didn't stop any other cars, they only stopped that car and they pulled them in, pulled them over and... Uh, uh, this guy, and there were four police officers in this police car. That is not normal in Sweden. You have two per car, and but four, I, I don't think I've ever seen it. Anyway, there were four people uh, in uniforms in that car. Anyway, the, the guy uh, pulled him over, very polite. Uh, uh, so the driver yeah. uh, pulled down the window. He said, I'm very sorry. I, I forgot my driver's license. It's right back there. I can go, I can go home and, and get it. I can be back in five minutes, you know. And he said, no, 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 don't worry about that. It's not about that. It's a, this is a, and then he said, a good day control, whatever that means. I have no idea, but it's a very strange expression. This is a good day, uh, control. Anyway, so he said he got everyone in the car to lean forward towards him, like if he was filming them with some kind of body cam ah. or something like that. But they and all of them had to identify themselves, even the guy in the back seat. I mean, that doesn't happen in Sweden at all, and uh, which the, these three people all found very odd. But the guy was very pleasant, very polite. And then when they were about to take off, the police officer just said. Uh, drive safely and be aware it's very easy to be killed in car accidents. Wow, that's and pretty uh, pretty crazy, the by the way, uh, Oli. And I, I got to ask you, do you feel like you might be in danger? Of course, Michael. I've had people murdered around me. I emigrated twice. Uh, I mean, I've put my family through moving from nations twice because of what I'm doing. And I've had death threats and I had uh, all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, 
this is it, but this is standard in this area. You know, when, once you, it's one thing to like something on Facebook or, but once you really start digging deep uh, against these dark, uh, whatever they are, then they hit that back. And it's a, it's a very, very brutal area to get into. So it's shit scary at times. So for the answer is yes. Oh my. Yes. I would imagine that this is pretty nerve wracking for you. Especially, you know, having to travel around and then you have people out there trying to plan drugs and you have these death threats. So I'm sure you're on the edge constantly, Oli. And with COVID, the, the whole pandemic and all of that, that must have been pretty difficult for you. You know, because very early on, we, we were both talking um, when all of this was going on and, you know, all of it was kind of new. And I have to say, um, it, it changed me, Oli. I gotta, I gotta be honest with you. It kind of changed a lot of things for me in my life. I'm not sure if it really affected you to some regard, but, uh, for me, a lot of things changed out here in this side of the woods. Are you talking about, uh, because of COVID or because of our interviews? Oh, no. Well, I mean, because of COVID and just everything yeah, in general, yeah. life basically sure. changed. Yeah. No, for sure. Big time. And I mean, I was in lockdown in Spain. When, I mean, we were, we were locked in complete lockdown for two, almost, I think about two months where we could not leave the building. We could, I mean, it was bizarre, absolutely zombie like, uh, futuristic movie set, bizarre, bizarre. And, uh, but at the same time, a blessing for me to be able to experience on my own body because then I know what what people are talking about, uh, but it, Spain was hit very, very hard, especially the area where we lived in Andalusia. So, but during this time, <clears throat> while being in lockdown, I kept doing all of these interviews. I'm sure this was the time when we did summer hours. Yeah. And I was, uh, we were in um, an apartment block of three, three stories high. And I had like ropes hanging down the side of the building. And my studio was a, a little cabin on top of the, it's, it's sort of like a, a garden, gardener's uh, shed type of thing, but it's, it was on top of this uh, uh, apartment building. And inside that, I had, you know, my, my spotlights, green screen, my, my microphone and so yeah. on. So I was doing all of these interviews from there, but at, at all times prepared that I could be picked up, you know, because Damn. I know that yeah. this type of information is not uh, very popular. At the same time, Somebody has to do it. And I feel, you know, like it's 40 years I've been down this road and uh, I'm just super happy now that millions and millions of people all over the world is now becoming aware. So it used to be a very lonely road. It's not anymore. I agree with you on that one. And I got to be honest with you, furthermore on lockdown, you know, it did have a pretty big effect on me. But the thing is, what I ended up doing was a ton of interviews only like I'm sure you did during the lockdown. And in doing so, I got tunnel vision and I sort of blocked off the rest of the world and a bunch of other people around me. And I sort of just snapped out of all of that, perhaps four months ago, Oli. And I had this strange awakening happening. Uh, it just sort of happened out of nowhere. And uh, to be honest with you, I sort of reinvented myself and rediscovered who I was. And I learned that I'm actually a pretty good person, uh, Oli. And... I realized that I care more about a lot of things than other people do. Uh, let, for instance, I care more about some people in my life than they probably care about me, Oli, but all of that is fine. You know, I've learned to accept a lot of things and uh, I, in doing all these sort of things, I feel like I've grown as a person. So in a way, it has been a blessing, like you were saying. Regarding you being a good person, you could have just asked me. I could have told you. <laughs> That's uh, true. 
know that you are. But um, uh, I call 2020 not the year of the Great re uh, Reset, but the Great Retreat. I think this is, uh, it was a horrible experience. It's still horrible in many ways yeah. what the world is going through. But at the same time, it is an incredible blessing in disguise because people have had to, they've been forced to sit down and look themselves in the mirror, just stop the rat wheel and just like, what am I doing with my life? That's what, what happened, I'm right. Part of? What has happened? You know, who are these teenagers? They used to be babies just a few years ago, but I haven't uh, even spoken to them. You know, I've been too deep into my own desires and greed and uh, TV and sports and whatever. So uh, the the world has come to an an understanding around one thing, and I didn't think that was possible before COVID. You know, yeah, because we were heading right straight towards absolute disaster. Everything was pointing towards disaster because this this machine was just moving on too fast, and it was destroying everything in front of it, including beautiful animal species and and uh, jungles and whatever the nature was being everything was just being destroyed just because we were so short-sighted and only could see uh, i need profit 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 you know and greed fill my greed fill my greed satisfying my needs so there was no consideration for the surroundings and then suddenly something said pull the handbrake boom and the whole world came to a standstill so so Thank God for COVID in that respect. I'm not saying anything. I mean, it's a super psychological operation with very dark yes. energies behind it. That for a hundred percent sure. But indirectly, it has also been a blessing when you look at suddenly the, uh, like in the Mediterranean where we used to live close to. I mean, the water started clearing up. The, the animals started, you know, they weren't, weren't attacked or stressed by human beings anymore. The skies cleared up. There were no more chemtrails that, the, uh, you know, exhaust the amount of the car exhaust and so on was going, going very dramatically down because nobody was uh, driving anymore. And so nature, and it's amazing how nature can just recuperate and say, okay, I'm back. Come on back. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm back. It goes very fast. Mother Earth is so forgiving. You know, we rape her and we do all kinds of horrible stuff to her. As soon as we stop, she says, I forgive you, my child, and I'm back. Even with new species or whatever is needed, I just change it. And so it's, it's also very interesting when you go in these areas, when they suddenly like a ghost town, I mean, there's just no one there. And how fast nature just takes over again. Concrete just says bye-bye and grass and beautiful flowers. It just goes right through tarred roads and whatever. It's it's amazing how quickly it goes. That's right. A reminder that we are not needed on this planet. Mother Gaia will exist whether we're here or not. This is the strange thing I find with, with objects, you know, like uh, I have this ring that belongs to my father. He's dead since many years, but the ring is still here. And it's the, these things, you know, life just moves on. We think that we're so important. And I think we are in our own world, whatever we create ourselves. But other than that, not a lot. Time moves on. Yeah, time moves on and people move on as well. Yeah. That's that's what happens. But then quite a few native, native Indian, native Indian, that's such a stupid question, uh, word. American Indians are 
they had the saying that your actions and what you do here on earth now affects seven generations. So we have a big responsibility how we use this time on this earth, maybe around or flat or whatever it is, uh, the way we lead ourselves in our lives and with our intention, our actions, our words, it's much more important than I think most of us are aware of because you can see also how we can damage people for a long time. Right. Like abuse or sexual abuse or or just being horrible with words can really damage someone who will then go on to maybe damage her or his children who would then go on, you know, victim becomes victims of victims of victims of victims of victims. And so I just feel I had the, the blessing of, of being traumatized in quite a few different areas, which is if you want to become a victim, great. I mean, I've been a super victim for years, but it's a very, it doesn't work in the long run. It works for a while. You know, you get empathy and people say, Oh, I feel so sorry for you. A little tear here and there. But otherwise than that, it, it's not empowering. It's only once you come to the point of, of seeing that, oh my God, this horrible experience has given me the ability to be compassionate and understanding of people who are going through similar events. That's when you start get, getting the power back. And that's also when you can start help and assist and lift other people in similar situations. So what we're going through now is sort of like almost like a global trauma where That's on crazy. the other side, I hope that we will be more compassionate, forgiving, understanding of each other and helping to lift this world to a whole new beautiful level. Right. And that resonates a lot with me because for the last four months, that's exactly what happened to me, Oli. I was living an endless cycle of these sort of life review episodes of mine and just reliving lots of trauma that I've caused in people's lives. So uh, night and day. This sort of, um, these sort of, uh, segments of my mind, these broken segments, fragmented pieces of memories were just flashing back and forth night and day. Only I was haunted. It was pretty insane. I'm not even quite sure how I even maintain doing the show. Um, this is the first time I've done a show in weeks only. I've been mm. battling the inner demons, you know, and I found myself in the shadow alone. And in doing so, I rediscovered again, I rediscovered myself. Yep. And this is the blessing. Nobody is saying that it's easy. It's very brutal at times. It's very unnerving and, and it takes a lot of courage sometimes to face what you have done. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we've done things that uh, is not so good. And, and once you, because life has this generous way of often showing you both sides so that uh, you will be with through karma, whatever you've done will come straight back at you. Maybe not from that individual that you might have hurt, but through some other experience that suddenly you are in the receiving end. Right. Like, oh my God, is that how it feels? What it feels like? And then, then change can happen. Once you see both sides, become aware of your part that I actually, and you took responsibility, I actually did that horrible thing and boom, smack in your face. Here's how it feels. Then once you started feeling both sides, then you can sort of start mending these fragmented yeah. pieces that you are talking about. And suddenly you, that indirectly starts opening up your heart and you become more sensitive to what's going on and you start appreciating life and 
people around you. And I thought it was really interesting what you said about that you probably care more about these people than they care about you. Right. For sure, because your heart is opening up and theirs is not yet. But maybe by you opening up, you will inspire them. They will see what the hell is up with Michael. Something has happened, you know. There's, there's this, uh, <laughs> I don't know, it's a very strange, like, warm feeling around him. He used to be really hard and ruthless, and here it's like, what? And these things inspires people to follow not by your not by words but once you see and you feel the different change around an individual that goes through this process it has this beautiful and inspiring effect on other people that then feel to go through the same horror to become a better person well that's exactly what happened only to a t well join the club i know maybe i'm it's just maturing i don't know <laughs> Sorry? I said, maybe I'm just maturing a bit here. I don't know. The ego will take credit for it, I tell you, right away and say, oh, I'm getting better than everyone else. But that's not what it's all about. The, you, you have to keep the ego, uh, you know, the, you need the ego, but you have to pull the reins and just see that we're part of something much, much bigger than any of us really understand. At least I have no clue what's actually going on on a bigger scale. But I do feel, though, that that I'm just a small little piece in something. This is also what gives me a lot of hope with these uh, so-called very dangerous or difficult situations yeah. because I've, I've experienced so many times that things, incredible things happen that the chances are like one in a trillion that I bump into that person or, you know, what are the chances? We were just talking about that and boom, then it happened. What are the chances? Something bigger is going on and sometimes it just feels like i've chosen uh, like the role of a, a gladiator in this play this theater play of life in this uh, uh, this round you know and so i'm sort of part of of being a gladiator in a in a game that is being played out between good and evil but there's a whole different aspect to where our higher selves are the observers and also the Cheer, the crowd cheering sort of and helping to guide us go through this in the best possible way. It reminds so me of the, uh, you're on the warrior's path, by the way, Oli. Say again, please. I said, you're on the warrior's path. I am. I am. But, but, uh, do you know Arjuna from uh, the Bhagavad Gita? Yes. It's a, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Arjuna is, I, this is the name I've been given also uh, by my Raj Yoga teacher. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. And, and Arjuna is a perfect warrior. He has been groomed and, and trained as a warrior, but he has a mind of peace. He doesn't want to fight at all. He doesn't want, but he is the one, the fighter. And so in the Bhagavad Gita, he has all of these problems uh, where he sp speaks to Krishna, which is indirectly God. And he's like, what am I going to do? Because he's being pushed into a situation where he has to fight. And on both sides are friends and family. So it, he cannot not fight. You know, whatever side he chooses, there's fight. And so he has to stand up for what is right and true in his heart and do this fight. But how to do it? This is the big question. And uh, I feel very... I identify very much with his inner struggle because I sure as hell don't want to fight. At the same time, I cannot accept what is going on. I'm, I'm not judging the sinners. I'm judging the sins that they're doing. You know, I try to avoid um, judgment 
except for the for the actions and the actions I cannot tolerate whatsoever. So I will I've dedicated my life to to stop these dark uh, things. Also through the the traumas that I've been blessed with, I feel incredible empathy for people that have been fucked up and messed with. Yeah, you know by by these ruthless forces. It's just like it's not on. It is not on as if I'm here, I see something, I will act. But I will act hopefully with a pure intention of lifting and empowering and stopping these assholes, you know. Because the thing is also, the bigger the assholes in your life, the greater the teacher. I tell you, the, the people in your life that are the hardest to deal with are indirectly your greatest teachers. Hate it, hate it, but I do believe it's true. Wise words. I didn't think of it that way. But now that I do um, sort of let that marinate in my mind a little bit here, that makes plenty of sense, Holy. You're right. What, what can I say? Pretty wild. It's, that's the way it's in my, in my life. And because what they're doing is if you're healed, if you're whole, you know, it doesn't matter where people try to push your buttons because there are no buttons to push. But then somebody comes along and they push your button and you react and you go into all of these kind of reactions, yeah. emotional stuff and whatever, a, a attack and aggression, whatever. The only thing, had you been whole, you would not have reacted. So they're indirectly telling you, listen, Michael, I'm pushing that one. And if you had been whole, you wouldn't react. But now you are. So indirectly, I'm showing you where you need to focus to do inner work and heal that part of yourself. My goodness, Oli. So, yes. A lot of what you're yeah, saying uh, resonates with me. What can I say? I think it resonates with all of us because it's a, it's a global game. We all have to go through it. People think that it's, uh, that you can choose. No, sorry. It's mandatory. You can choose to ignore it, but the, the reality behind it will still be there, even on your deathbed. You know, so this is where I feel, okay, hate it, but might as well do it. You know, it's like going through boot camp might as well deal with it because uh, it's not getting any easier the older you get so you might as well just uh, stand up and then people say but ooh, it might be dangerous well this the thing with life is that they say all of us are, is going to die anyway so okay it, then it's just a matter of time before it's time to check out we might as well i think impress ourselves and excel and just say okay fuck it I am going to be the best version of myself. I am going to be brave, courageous. At least I'm going to try in the different areas. It is not easy. And I can say I am very brave in certain areas and I'm an absolute chicken in other areas. And it's make no sense, Michael. No sense. <laughs> yes. It can, I can, I can stand strong while being threatened to my life. And then I have a massive problem phoning the doctor to make an appointment. You know, it's like the phone call is scary more than yeah. the threat. I, it it doesn't ma it doesn't make any sense at all. But um, well, it's the it's the balance, uh, though. You know, you need the yin and the yang in your life. That that is it, and it's also the the native Indians are also talking about American Indians. Sorry about that, native Indian. That is once again such a stupid word. They were there before any of us, so. But uh, anyway, uh, they talk about Wetiko, which, which is uh, what they call a mind virus. And this mind virus is there at all times trying to anywhere where we, we are not healed, where there's some crack in our, in our wholeness, this mind virus will enter and start 
infecting our mind with fear, doubt. Doubt is the biggest trader, by the way, and just get us into a negative mindset. So anywhere where we're not whole, we will be attacked through this uh, mind virus. And this is what we have to become aware of, because also when you look at how these dark forces, the New World Order, <coughs> Illuminati, whatever you want to call them, reptiles, I don't know, um, reptilians, or, uh, whatever they are, they, they only got one real weapon against us, and that is fear. It's only through fear that they can control us. If we were not fearful and they said, well, you have to, we would just say, oh, what? And then take a cold beer, you know, kick back and, and uh, get on with life. But once we get fearful, that's when they got us by the balls. And yeah. that is where we had to bring the power back and let go of fear and see that, okay, fine. If I'm mortal, fair enough. Apparently I'm going to die anyway. So why not? get the flag up on top. I'm not talking about like being a patriot. I'm yeah. talking about the patriot of yourself, maybe, you know, to, to empower yourself and embrace yourself and help yourself through these dark waters. And uh, because not easy. And then <clears throat> also another saying from native Indians are, you know, we stand alone together. The thing is you are on your own. I'm very sorry. We are all on our own on this journey. But we can stand side by side also and help to support each other in these uh, difficult times. So I think more than ever, instead of thinking I, me and mine, this is a time when to think about us and we change the wordings and see what can I do to help you? What can I do to help us? What can I do to lift the situation here? How can I empower instead of depowering and uh, there was there was one time I was uh, on a Greyhound bus <clears throat> down in Arizona somewhere, and it was the first time I met an Apache. And if I can brag, I'm adopted by the Apache <laughs> now. Yes. But not, not through him, but that is one of the most beautiful things in my life. But anyway, I was with this guy, and we were sort of speaking. I thought it was really interesting because I've always loved uh, the Apaches and the, the culture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... Uh, so we were talking and, and I said something and then he, he didn't answer. He was just quiet. And then he answered and then I just replied and then it was quiet again. And then he answered. I thought this guy doesn't like me because there was no flow whatsoever in this conversation. And then later I found out that what he was doing was out of respect for me. He was listening to what I said. He was thinking what do you know what did this individual just say going through it and then this is the the apache way at least the pure always was and then if he had nothing to add of value he would stay quiet or if he had something he would do it first when thoroughly thought through and then add whatever could empower and uh, whatever do add something good to the conversation so that was the the reason for the silence. And if you see modern days, and especially in your country, my God, people speak all the time and many times without having anything really to say. <laughs> yes. Um, well, here in America, people babble about mindless nonsense nonstop. So, yes, you, you are very right. People do say plenty of meaningless uh, things uh, every second, every moment of our lives, especially here in America, Oli. Um, plenty of people saying things that are just uh, ludicrous, but 
going back to what you were saying about, you know, being self-empowering and all those things. And that's kind of what I took out of this experience as well. And when I said I found myself in the shadow, um, I only found myself. I, no one else was there. You know, I had to pull myself out of whatever mental hole, uh, depression, uh, whatever it was I was experiencing. It was only me that was able to do that. Uh, no one else. And for some people, they stay stuck like that throughout their whole lives and they make no progress, Oli. And it's quite sad. You can't stay stuck it takes, there. It takes courage, Michael. Yeah. And not all of us are, are brave. And just like I said, I'm brave in certain areas and other areas I'm totally yeah. paralyzed. That's the balance. So oh, it's, a, it's a constant, it's a constant one. I, I sometimes felt that, oh, now now i've you know i've done it i've done it and then like three days later something happens and i i just find out no you hadn't <laughs> and i think especially when you say to life okay now i got it life will slap you and say i don't think so uh, out of caring and just saying listen you're here for a reason you're here to evolve as a spiritual being on a physical plane not easy but every time you it's just like being a surfer the better you get the higher waves you can deal with right believe me, they will come. So, but you would be bored otherwise as well, you know, so the better the surfer, the, the bigger the waves they're looking for. And, and otherwise they would be bored to tears. So this is also where I say when people are complaining too much about their life and, oh, it's so horrible. There's so much thing. There's so many things going on, so much drama in life. What kind of movies are you watching? I ask you, what kind of movies are you attracted to? Because very often, People complaining about, oh, the world is so evil, the world is so horrible. Well, when you ask them what movies they're watching, it's like documentaries about serial killers, yes. prison camps, <laughs> yes. uh, thrillers, uh, zombie movies, uh, you know, horror movies. And then we presented similar top themes in our life and we're complaining. I, I don't get it because, once again, please understand you would be bored if you hadn't these ingredients that's why you're being you're being uh, in sort of lured or, or pulled into these areas so once again i'm not saying this in an accusing way i'm saying get out of victimhood and say that see that you are actually a, a part of both creating this by allowing it or, yeah or or being a creative force in it but take the power back by seeing what is actually going on and then take responsibility and say, I, I am, what is my part? Look yourself in the mirror, not, and not nice sometimes, and then pull through and come out better on the other side. And hopefully once again, that will also empower your surroundings, your family, your friends, and so on. Not by you pointing at them, accusingly saying you were fucked up and you were this and you were that, but by, living by example, by lifting yourself out of these dark uh, times, because right. the, the only one that can do it for you, Michael, is you. Correct. The only one that can do it for me is me. I wish it would. I mean, we look, I've been looking for a savior for so many years, you know, please save me, save me. Well, sorry, the finger keeps kind of coming back, pointing at me, you know. So the only way to it is you have to do it. You have to do it. We stand alone, but together. I agree 100%. Uh, so much to add to that, Oli. But of course, um, we, I'm looking at the time here and I don't want to take up too much of your time. But of course, I have to ask you this. John McAfee, you know, recently was found dead in a Spanish jail. 
Um, I'm kind of curious what your thoughts and opinions are on our friend John McAfee. I didn't even know he was dead. Uh, oh, but, my. Um, I'm breaking the news to you. You are indeed. Wow. They found him dead I, in, in a jail cell, um, my friend. Well, I I don't really have any comments on, on his departure until I look into it. But I find I found him a very peculiar individual. I've only seen documentaries about him. And documentaries can so easily be made in any direction you want to do it. And, you know, I'm, I know documentary makers that uh, they say, what, in what direction do you want this topic to go? We can right. make it go so anyway, yeah. in one direction or the other. So documentaries are really scary and sometimes incredibly powerful, sometimes incredibly deceiving. So I, I don't know. I didn't know him personally. I thought he was, he seemed to be pretty messed up in many different areas, but uh, who am I to judge? So I need well, to check it. Yeah, he was a very he was a very troubled individual for sure. We all have our demons, and of course, uh, Mr. McAfee was here on this program. We will miss the guy very much. I've had a funny little um, moment with him before we did the interview. About an hour before we did the show, he called me, and we had a little chat. And you know, he he was a, a very interesting guy. I'm gonna miss the guy to be honest. He he was pretty entertaining when I talked to him. So I definitely will miss the guy. It's it's terrible that this happened. Apparently, it was a suicide. That's what they're claiming. But uh, John McAfee referenced Jeffrey Epstein in, in a suicide last year in a, in a tweet, saying you know that he's not suicidal, and if he's found dead, then they they whacked him. That's basically what he said. He even got a tattoo on his arm that says "whacked." So I don't know, Oli. This is rather interesting. I don't think he killed himself. My, in my opinion, I could be wrong, but, you know, the man was saying, I'm not going to do it. Once again, I need to yeah, look yeah, into it more no before doubt. saying, but at the same time, a lot of people are committing suicide that are not committing suicide, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, yes. And, and especially when you get into certain areas of, uh, I mean, as far as I know, he was getting himself into some very shady areas That's financially right. and with yeah. drugs and stuff like that. So for him to be taken out inside a prison could be because of drug deals or, or, but it could also be of his involvement in this antivirus area. I don't know. I mean, this was, uh, he was a very colorful individual uh, and, uh, so. Once Who again, knows? I, I yeah. don't know, but I always find it very strange when people commit suicide inside the jails, where many times jails are made so that you cannot commit suicide, and then suddenly they do it anyway. So, for instance, uh, dear Mr. Jeffrey Epstein, I can tell you that was not a suicide. Uh, is he still alive? Was is he dead? If he was, if he is dead, then he was whacked for sure, because. His knowledge about the secret networks behind the scenes up yeah. in the higher, uh, you know, Freemasonic and, mm -hmm. and, and New World Order hierarchy with all, where he was like, uh, I would say that he was a supplier of everything needed to blackmail people. You know, so he was the arranger of parties. Um, he was the deliverer of drugs, uh, uh, prostitutes, underaged uh, kids. Uh, he was the, the source for the the Sorry. upper. I was going to say he was the source for the upper brass in the world. I would say. Yeah, one of them. Mm -hmm. One of them. One of many. And you had Jimmy. Sa you had Jimmy Savile. Jimmy Savile in England. He was doing very similar stuff. You had uh, Mark Dutroux in Belgium. He was doing similar stuff. 
and uh, very sinister. But these people work for the agencies. I mean, both Mossad, CAA, and other, I don't think you can really label them, but to get uh, people by the balls, yes, get them um, into uh, situations where, uh, you know, like sex, uh, sexual situations, sure. with, um, drugs, whatever. The thing is that every single building that Jeffrey Epstein had was packed with cameras and recording equipment, you know. And so whatever, you, even the toilets and so on, so whatever, uh, these people were doing and they were being invited in, you know, come on, be with the big boys, you know, you're going to be one of us. So oh, there's all of these celebrities. Oh, anything you want. It's amazing. It's amazing. And so people go there. I mean, some of them naive, some of them, you know, not really know, knowing what they're getting themselves into. And then they get high on cocaine and whatever. Their prostitutes is wonderful. And suddenly among the prostitutes are children, you know, underage children. And while they're totally off their head maybe the prostitutes leave uh, the room and there's only naked children around and all the time you're being, being recorded filmed. yeah while being filmed that's yeah so a lot of these people were being blackmailed no doubt and of course peter nygaard the canadian jeffrey epstein we forgot to mention another guy who you know was cruising around hanging out with 14 year old girls that sort of thing he's you know a, a evil terrible man just like jeffrey epstein just like a lot of these people out there, but my goodness, for the longest time, people were saying, oh, it's a conspiracy. There's no way, no, no way in hell this was going on. No way the feds were involved. Uh, well, uh, holy, I think we know the truth. I think everybody was involved. Everyone had a hand in this. Everyone sort of helped out. Everyone sort of, you know, jumped at the opportunity to get involved with all this going on, all the drugs, all the young girls. You know, it corrupts people. Power corrupts. Money corrupts. All these things, they ruin the soul. I think all these people fell victim to uh, Jeffrey Epstein. They were seduced by it. It's, I mean, you just have to ask yourself. I mean, they say everybody has a price. Yeah. I think it's only through very deep inner work that uh, these desires lead you so that you cannot be corrupt. But up, um, until you do that, are you still there? I'm here. Okay. Yeah. Um, until you get to that level, I mean, you, you, what would, what would, uh, what would your price be to sell out your friends or families or whatever? What, what, what would your price be to stay quiet if something went down that you knew? And would it be, you know, what are your desires or your fears? This is how they get to you. And so the people, and also, what I, what I mentioned before was that when people are high on drugs, they don't even know what they're doing. And that's also when you can do um, horrible stuff to them or, or things that can be used against them later. Yeah. And, and uh, Michael, uh, no problem if we drag out the, this into I really enjoy it. So it's up to you to stop it whenever you want. But uh, there was a, a, a politician, I think he was from Nicaragua, called Alfredo Caldero. Caldero, Caldero, and uh, he was involved in the whole um, uh, Iran-Contras scandal before it was exposed, where uh, George Bush Sr. and uh, Bill Clinton, the, uh, who was then the governor of Arkansas, was deeply involved in what was called the Enterprise, created by Barry Seals, the pilot Barry Seals, and or, um, uh, what's his name? Oliver North. 
a, oh, that's a horror guy for you. Anyway, but these people were involved in something called the Enterprise, where they stole uh, weapons out of the National Guard. They got rid of the serial numbers on the guns through there was a factory that was uh, officially making parting meters, but they were actually making the parts where the serial number was on and so they can replace them. So these guns were sent down to countries like uh, uh, Nicaragua, El Salvador, Honduras uh, to, um, to arm the so-called Contras were then committing absolute atrocities down in these countries and so on. But the whole idea was uh, to, to get control over the, uh, the, the cocaine, the cocaine uh, right. empires down there. So these planes were flown down by one of the pilots where my friend Chip Tatum uh, were flying down there with weapons, uh, unloading all these uh, weapons down there. And then they were flowing back uh, containers and cooling uh packs with, without, without the pilots even knowing what was in them. They thought that there was like, a, what do you call it, the blood and whatever things that, because some of the planes were medivac planes, but they were actually uh, raw cocaine. And then they flew back to airports or airstrips like in Nina, Arkansas. Nina, Arkansas, right. This is how Bill Clinton became, got into the game, him and his partner, Dan Lasseter. And then uh, through, personally through, George Bush Sr. and Bill Clinton, the whole crack epidemic started in the U.S. They were behind that while also fighting the war on drugs. Oh, don't forget about um, you can, don't don't forget about Roger Clinton, by the way, brother of uh, yeah, Bill he Clinton. Was, he he was like a just an alcoholic joke in the whole thing. I would say. Well, but yes, anyway, essentially he was. But also, the, I know the guy who was selling most of that crack cocaine. By the way, well, at least portion of it in Los Angeles that was done by. Um, uh, Freeway, or actually Rick Freeway Ross, I should call him by his actual name. You know, I've interviewed the guy many, many moons ago, and, you know, he was wow. responsible with Gary Webb selling crack cocaine in Los Angeles, and you know, the guy made millions. Yeah, exactly. But it's like when you see the the bigger networks, I mean, this is how did the how did the drugs get to Los Angeles? How CIA. did it get to Chicago? How yeah. did it get to Miami? How did, <laughs> you know, and these are the networks you have to look at, and that's where George Bush Sr., key 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 player uh, in this and on a lower level you had uh, dear mr william clinton here and his uh, horror white and only it never stopped uh, by the way the, the drug trade it's still very strong within our government it's still happening today i mean it didn't just you know go it didn't just stop overnight back in the 70s you know all this is still going on today we're so intertwined with the mexican drug cartel to this day truth be told how su how surprising is that not Anyway, so uh, there was this uh, guy who was involved in the whole, because we had also down in Nicaragua, you had, uh, uh, what was his name? Um, uh, I'm sorry, I forgot his okay. name, now, but he was the president. He was the president of Nicaragua and he was deeply involved. Manuel Noriega. Yes. Manuel Noriega. He was deeply involved in this drug thing. And so was this politician. So I make a whole big long story shorter. Anyway, so. Dear Alfredo, he came to visit uh, uh, George Bush Sr. And he was saying, listen, guys, I want more. I, I want more. And so they said, okay, okay, let's uh, He came to the White House. There are photos of him with Bush Sr. and Felix Rodriguez, another guy in Operation 40, deeply involved in the Iran-Contras uh, whole thing there. And uh, so they said, yeah, yeah, okay, no problem. Let's talk tomorrow. But before then, uh, you know, we know that you love uh, beautiful women and so on. So here you go. So he was uh, tempted by this beautiful prostitute and uh, 
So she led him into, I think it was a hotel room or um, if it was in a hotel or if it was in the White House, I'm not sure. But anyway, what they got him on was the, uh, ascopolamine. Ascopolamine is what I think it's called. It's called the voodoo drug. Oh, yes. Also, it's, it's a super, super scary one. It's from a tree. It comes from a, a trumpet flower down, a, a beautiful flower, trumpet shape. Uh, that uh, grows down in the ma- mountainsides of the, especially Colombia, I believe. And what come that what they can extract from it is a, a liquid that is uh, totally clear, sm- uh, no smell, no taste whatsoever. But what it does is that if you get it in your drink and uh, you drink it for like three or four or five hours, you will become the the absolute obedient slave of whoever orders you to do anything and afterward you cannot remember a thing the only thing that that you you experience when you start waking coming out of this uh, this uh, zombie like state is that you've got a dry mouth so anyway uh, chip tatum the cia whistleblower who is uh, the commander of george bush senior's private hit team pegasus he personally told me about these things and and he uh, what he said with uh, Alfredo uh, Caldero was that uh, they they spiked this drink with this scopolamine, by the way, it's called. Without him knowing it, the prostitute, this beautiful prostitute, was actually a man. Oh my so, god! Uh, they they got they got Alfredo involved in gay sex, and uh, they got him to give this prostitute a, a blowjob and all of these things, and then they got him to murder the prostitute and cut him up in pieces and eat pieces of him while being taped. Jesus. And so, are you still there? I'm here. I'm here. Can you hear me? Or did we cut out? Okay, sorry. There's, yeah, but there, there's the, these weird cutouts, so I don't know. Anyway, so so um, Alfredo wakes up, you know, thinking, oh, I had a great time with a beautiful prostitute. And so he goes back the next day and are uh, going to negotiate and, and so pull pulled the arm of, of Bush and, and his uh, partners in crime there. And they say, not a problem at all, dear Alfredo, but before we continue, let's uh, just watch a video together. And they put that one in Damn. there. They see him being part of the cannibalistic uh, thing, with, you know, murdering, chopping up this prostitute, eating parts of him, and, and so on. And from then on, Alfredo Caldero was no longer a problem. And so this is one of the ways they do this is a quite a, a drastic example, but most of the time they don't need, you know, to do that. And and for instance, the Lolita Express, the Jeffrey Epstein out to his island. I mean, it used to be people were flatter and then, oh my God, I, I, I can be one of them, you know, an exotic island. Then the scandal broke and then people are trying to, no, 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 I, I wasn't there. Well, many of you were. So, yeah. Interesting times. Very interesting times. And by the way, the drug you were talking about is called scopolamine, by the way. Yeah. The devil's breath. Mm-hmm. Very, very and powerful now, stuff. Now there's uh, the mafia in, in several countries are using these things and they, they have, you know, like it's, it's a super scary drug because what they do is uh, they find somebody, some wealthy guy. They have a beautiful woman approach him. Boom. She spikes his drink. He drinks. Boom. He's under her control. And then they take him to the bank and gets him to empty everything and then leave him 
And then he comes to his senses a few hours later, maybe goes to, can't remember a thing, has no idea, just a dry mouth. And then he goes to the, to the maybe he's trying to pay with his credit card. It, it says no, uh, denied. So he goes to his bank and says, listen, I've got like 14.6 billion in my bank account. What's going on? My card doesn't work. And they say, well, it's empty. And he said, how is that possible? And they say, well, you were here yesterday. You emptied it. He said, no, no, no. And they said, well, here's the footage. And he can see himself go in there, empty everything. So, so it's, it's a really scary, scary, scary drug. And also an incredible way of getting control over individuals. Yeah, it's very evil uh, to do such a thing to anybody. But there are people out there that will go those lengths just to um, get what they want in life, Oli. Well, there you go. Wild stuff. Very wild stuff. And by the way, Oli, you are not vaccinated, I, I have to assume, correct? That is so correct. <laughs> you have no idea. I mean, if you want to get into this area, oh my God. And uh, please don't call it a vaccine because that is not the correct uh, description. The correct description is a bioweapon of mass destruction. It is a killing, culling uh, drug of absolute the most sinister, most evil, satanic uh, mindset ever. It is, the world has never seen anything anywhere near what we are experiencing now. And I'm, I'm not saying this because I'm an expert in this area. I'm saying it because what I do when I don't know stuff, I try to find the best experts in the world and interview them so, and learn from them. And this is uh, what I've done. So I'm in, in direct uh, contact with heavyweight, the people that comes from the inside, some of them from the vaccine industry, but also incredible doctors. So I'm on a weekly basis in contact with uh, Christian Northrop, uh, Dr. Dolores Cahill, uh, Ten, Dr. Tenpenny, um, Anthony Kaufman, uh, these type of individuals, uh, Robert Kennedy Jr., not personally in contact, but very close to these people who are standing up and trying to find out what is actually in these vaccines. And also, you just had to go to the uh, the websites of some of the companies like Moderna to find out what's actually in, at least they're telling you some of it. And it's absolutely horrifying, horrifying, horrifying. It's like there's 0.0000000000% good things for you in it. And there's 99.9999999999% of absolute evil in that, in that so-called vaccine. But there's more, there's six, as far as I know, there's at least 64 different vaccines at the moment. And so some of them might be less, less horrible than others, but most of them are bad news, bad news, and I cannot exaggerate bad news. So please stay away from them. I tell you, if anyone got close to my loved one with one of these needles, I would fight them like it had been a bazooka. My goodness. A machine gun. The same level of danger. Yeah. Worse, actually. And what, what's the scene like out there in terms of COVID? Out here in California, where I am, and I'm in a very small town out in the desert, uh, about, about an hour east of San Diego. So I'm out here in the desert and um, COVID cases are quite low. So it hasn't really been too, uh, you know, it hasn't been a big deal out here too much for, for most folks. But out there, I'm, I'm not quite sure what the scene is like, Oli. Are people really being affected by COVID in Spain? I'm on Bali now. Or, I have yes. to immigrate again. So I'm on right. Bali in Southeast Asia. 
but uh, I would strongly suggest that what the world has experienced has absolutely very little to do with the virus and very much to do with global control. It's based on the old Roman template problem, reaction, solution, which is a standard template that you have to, we have to become aware of because it's being used on such a repeatedly, incredibly massive scale uh, against us. It goes like this. The few in power secretly creates a problem. And this problem is normally nowadays an alleged mass shooting, an alleged terror attack, an alleged financial crash or a virus. I've been saying this for many years. The viruses, they love them. Okay. So that's the problem. Problem, reaction, solution. The reason they create this problem, let's say it's a bomb, boom, is to get a reaction from the population. A reaction, not an action where we had the time to think through things and stuff like that and take sort of a considerate uh, decision on what to do, but an emotional reaction where we just, we're thrown back in our sofa saying, oh my God, this is horrible, this is horrible, I need protection. And then they turn towards, I want to say also that they, they hit us emotionally through women, children, and beautiful teenagers when it comes to mass shooting, but otherwise they need to go to emotional. This is just normal marketing. Anyway, so uh, we get totally shocked and what they're aiming for is a reaction. So we don't think we just go into an emotional reaction, turning towards the people that we think are there to protect us, not understanding that it's actually them who have created the problem. And so they will say, well, the only way we can help you with a solution with this horrible problem is, and boom, in comes the solution. And the solution is something we would never, ever have accepted had it not been for the problem problem, reaction, solution. And nowadays it's actually problem, reaction, fascism, because every single time they come with a solution, it is the same. It is more and more control, more and more robocops, more and more militarized uh, forces in the street, your freedoms out the window, you having to pay for unjust wars that has nothing to do with justice, but only their greed. It's just more and more and more cameras, more and more, you know, all of these things. So back to Corona. What is going on here? The vaccine, the so-called vaccine, I tell you, you're welcome to saw off my right arm if I'm wrong here. The vaccine was there from day one. The vaccine was there from day one. This, there was just a question, how are we going to be able to scare the global population enough for them to accept to take the jab? That is it, problem, reaction, solution. So they created a, a virus out of thin air. If you look at it, the numbers... Okay, let me let me re go back a little bit. Okay. How do you know that it's COVID? You know that through the so-called PCR test. That is the only way to diagnose if it's COVID or just an ordinary flu, pneumonia, whatever. So the PCR test, we go to the inventor who was given the Nobel Prize for it, Carrie Mullins. So what did he say? Because he invented this whole thing. He was also very much involved in trying to uh, identify and, and uh, isolate the HIV virus, the alleged HIV virus that is said to have caused AIDS. He never managed to find it. No one has ever isolated the HIV virus. It is a massive big question mark conspiracy around that whole thing. The whole AIDS thing with Dr. Robert Gallo as one of the main players in creating AIDS <clears throat> is a massive big operation. Anyway, so Karen Mullins, the inventor of the PCR test, says 
you can find the, the, this PCR test. What it does is that it can locate anything inside of you. If it's there through a, a multiplying, recycling or cycling process, if it's in your body, it can amplify it so that you can see, yep, we got that one in you. Yep, we got that one in you, depending on the number of cycles. <clears throat> and in our, we got like trillions of cells, viruses, if you, or exosomes, whatever you want to call them. <clears throat> but naturally in ourselves, it's floating around. We are like a big pool of all kinds of weird or good stuff, whatever. But what he did say was the PCR test cannot, I repeat, cannot be used to diagnose any disease at all. That is not what it does. And so you can find him on YouTube. He says that multiple times you cannot use this to diagnose anything because that is not what it does. It, whatever you want to find, it can find it for you. And then just a few months before they were going to unleash this whole operation, Carrie Mullins very appropriately died or was found dead. So it could be natural. I don't know. I haven't looked into his death, but it was very, very nicely timed that he died before his PCR test was being unleashed on the world as the one to determine, have you got COVID or have you not? What he said was this would be an absolute lottery. It would, it could be show you anything. And depending on how many cycles that you go through to amplify whatever you want to find, you will find it or you will not. And so when you see the way that different uh, institutions are using the different amounts of cycles up to 40, they will find that for sure it will show positive or negative depending on what. It's an absolute lottery. You can take one PCR test in the morning. It could be positive. You can take one in the afternoon. It could be negative. It is so inaccurate that you can't even believe it. And this is the one that is being used globally to decide yes or no. Have you got COVID or have you not? Then you look at the number of deaths. When you look at this, the different uh, sources, if you just don't go from the numbers from the CDC, which is the Center for Disease Control in Atlanta, Georgia, I would strongly suggest it's actually the Center for Disease Creation is what CDC stands for. They're also the owners of patents of these viruses, many of them, like the Zika virus, the Ebola virus, they are the ones that are the owners of the patents of these laboratory-made uh, creations, horror creations, <clears throat> that is then being unleashed, or at least we're being told that they uh, are happening to the world. Don't worry, Oli. It's just, for, it's just for science, Oli. That's all. You, you know, they're not really trying to harm anyone. It, it's just for science. You know, that's why they experiment, Oli. It's okay. Just for science. No big deal. <laughs> you yes. know, the CDC was created in 1947, I believe, at the same time as the OSS was uh, turned into the CAA, at the same year as uh, NASA was created, at the same time as the World uh, Military Games was created, and just before NATO was created in 49. <clears throat> and these entities have been working very closely, been in bed with each other from day one, and many of the people that were part of creating it were German scientists that was uh, being exported from war-torn uh, war uh, Germany That's right. through what is called Operation Paperclip through the Red Lines on the Vatican and imported into the U.S. and down into South America, where they were just given new identities, just like the federal uh, FBI's yeah. witness protection. Our government gave them a little uh, vacation, so that's all. They just changed your identity, changed your title, 
also the big uh, German uh, chemical giants were just, they got a new name, a new logo, relocated and boom, there you go, back in business, nothing changed. So these companies and the numbers, you have to be extremely careful to believe. And if you remember Mark Twain, he said, there are three types of lies, uh, lies, damned lies and statistics. This is it. And statistics is what they're being, is being used against us as a weapon. And dear Mr. Bill, super psychopath Gates, he was uh, in 2015, he was um, interviewed. I think you can still find it on YouTube. It was just an interview where he was asked, uh, okay, now people are uh, having their summer holidays. Are there any books that you can recommend while you're down on the beach and, and doing, getting some suntan? And one of the books he recommends, I kid you not, was How to Lie with Statistics. Mm. That is the title of the book. You can hear him talk about how to lie with statistics, which is exactly what they're doing. And so the whole world has been deceived by a map uh, that has been delivered by the Johns Hopkins Hospital. And I interviewed the guy who invented that map uh, in the 90s. Uh, he was the one that made it possible to see, instead of a lot of boring uh, statistics, you know, piles of numbers, he made graphics and combined the two of them. So suddenly you could see it in a graphic way, get a feeling for statistics. Yes. So he has really, his name is uh, John Cullen, I think. Um, anyway, I interviewed him and he said that he has compared the numbers that the CDC is letting out and the, the map that is being shown globally with all of the density. He says there's no Nothing is correct around this map. It's an absolute algorithm that is just uh, spitting out numbers in random, you know, like nothing is correct there. <clears throat> and so you look at, for instance, there's um, a website or an organization called euromomo.eu. And that is sort of like um, uh, it's a European coordinating organ or organization that are gathering the numbers, uh, the statistical numbers from different nations in the case of, of outbreaks and whatever, you know. <clears throat> and when this whole COVID happened, the numbers stayed absolutely static, even though media that has mainly been controlled by the owners that is very much uh, involved in the New World Order agenda, most of them are in, in this network, the numbers that was being pumped out there was totally not correct. And You go to, for instance, uh, the Elmhurst Hospital in New York, in Brooklyn, where they said, this is the epicenter of the whole thing. This is it. What was in there? Empty, empty. So <clears throat> we actually started, uh, I was part of, I believe, starting like a whole thing that went viral in the, in the world called hashtag film your hospital, where people were through media told your hospital is overloaded with dead bodies. There's a, we have to use the, ice hockey rink, we have to use cooling trailers, you know, all of these things, the bodies, are, there's so many people dying. But when people actually went to the local hospitals, instead of just watching the news, they found that they were empty, 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 and empty. <clears throat> and so if you really start looking into statistics, for instance, in Sweden, in 2011, I think it was 24.1 dead per thousand people in Sweden that year, in 2011. 2020, when Sweden was hit by this corona pandemic, it was 21, 24.1, the exact same number as before, as when there was not a pandemic, 
there was the exact same number of dead people per thousand individuals. What I'm saying is that what they've done is they changed the number. So nowadays, if you look into the statistics of the number of dead people through cancer or pneumonia or car accidents or suicide, they have gone down to almost zero and the number of COVID deaths have gone skyrocketed. So what is actually happening is that we're looking at more or less the same number of dead people, but the causes are being changed. And that is through the, the power behind the, uh, the World Health Organization, which people think this is a freestanding, independent uh, organization. Absolutely not. It is a private organization and was mainly funded by the U.S. and Bill and Melinda Gates. Then the U.S. government pulled out. So now it's, it's the tool of Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And when you look at the whole COVID operation, you will find the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation at every single step on the line. They will be there. Every single, right behind the patent, the tests, the masks, the, the, all of it, the vaccines, the funding of the different areas, the creation of these companies, Bill and Melinda and dear Miss Anthony Fauci, these type of super criminals. When you look into their actions, we're looking at unbelievable super criminals in combination with what is called the fourth industrial revolution or the World Economic Forum is another more pretty name of the 1%. They meet once a year in Davos. Uh, and this is where this new type of Adolf Hitler individual called Klaus Schwab is presenting what they actually want to do to us. And this is, I'm sorry if I pump you up with a lot of facts here, but you That's can okay. rewind and go through it. Anyway, it, it actually comes down to what is called Agenda 21. Agenda 21 is something that a hundred and I believe more than 190 nations have signed. And it is a plan of absolute madness on steroids. The architects that was, uh, that was given the task to, to put this together was uh, Groharlem Brundtland, former prime minister of Norway and a Bilderberg member. Heavy, heavy duty individual in the dark forces. And another one is Maurice Strong, who is uh, one of the people that have been pushing forward many of the, the sort of the, the players like Bill Clinton and other people. He's been sort of an advisor in the background. Uh, preparing them and, and pushing them forward like that. He's also one of the key people behind uh, what is called the climate change all movement, which when you look into it, not true at all either. Mother Earth is in a lot better state than what we're being told. But it's all a matter of how to control us, how to tax us to death and so on. So Agenda 21 is what is actually being carried out here and is what we're actually experiencing. So Agenda 21 what it says is, and I kid you not, once again, I wish I was, um, it says that all property will belong to the government, a global government. All property, I'm talking about your car, your house, your toothbrush, everything will belong to the government. I already, feel like, they, I already feel like they own everything now, but yes, go ahead, Oli. Including your children. Your child will belong to the global government. They will own all assets, all energy, all water, all earth, all thing in the air. They, it would be, and they're presenting it as the fourth industrial revolution. That's a different name for the same new world order agenda. 
but they're presenting it in a very beautiful way saying, you don't have to worry about anything anymore because you will not own anything. We will take care of it for you. Happy days are here. I would say slavery forever is here <laughs> yes. if we let this, this happen. That is terrible. And, and the, pow the power of Agenda 21, and you will see many of these players, uh, like prime ministers and, and people that are now fighting COVID, behind them, uh, there will be the logo Agenda 21 on stage somewhere in the background. That is it, because that is what is actually being carried out. And the power of Agenda 21 is that it's the same agenda in all of these different countries on a local level, on a national level and on an international level. Meaning, and this is why everything, all of these countries are in line with each other on a local, national and international level. So the exact same agenda is being carried out in your local courthouse or your local authorities like your national government and the international institutions are working with the exact same agenda. And this is why we really have to wake up because this is a very powerful structure that we need to stop on a local, national, and international level. Right. The United Nations plan to depopulate about 95% of the world by 2030, I would have to assume or imagine. I'm just a, a guessing here, but it seems like that is well underway, Oli. If you, you know, if you stop for a moment and look around and see what's going on around the world, seeing all the conflicts, all the future conflicts that we will probably have with, let's say, China, uh, maybe North Korea, maybe even Russia. All kinds of things are sort of coming to a front now, Oli. So who the hell knows what's going to happen? I feel like a big conflict is around the corner. It is on the horizon. A great war is something I do envision, Oli. And I, I hate to, you know, bring us down here, but I do feel like a big conflict is on the horizon here. It's only eminent. Or not. Well, I hope not. Because if you, if you look at all the big wars that have been created over the last few hundred years, you will see the same power structure behind the same families, the same bankers behind it. So <clears throat> I don't think it's not natural for normal people to go to war. And if you ask uh, your neighbor, do you, do you really think, uh, should, are you willing to go and risk your life and, and get shot and, or your children or whatever to do something in North Korea? I would think most people say, are you crazy? Of course not. How about Syria? Of course not. But, but we are being, we're persuaded and pushed through propaganda into these areas. Right. And the reason why they're, they're uh, uh, demonizing certain countries are for the, mostly, most of the part is the central banks. They want to get in control, control over the central banks in these countries because the Rothschild, the family, the Rothschild family who owns about uh, at least half of all assets in the world are desperate to get total control over the central banks because it's only when you have got control over the central bank that you can control this whole massive deception of money. When you, when you look into what money really is, it's unbelievable how it's created out of thin air and how money is not the important thing, but what they're creating is debt. They want you in debt so that you can be controlled. That's why, and they're telling you, it's like mortgage, the real meaning of mortgage is a French word. It means death cage. Death cage is the meaning of mortgage. Anyway, so, oh, I lost the thread okay. here. I was just going to say, um, uh, do you sorry? feel, I was just going to ask you, Oli, do you feel like a big conflict, something that we might see in the next, let's say, five years, or that's 
Uh, probably not going to happen. No, they, they, the, the, the people in the New World Order, they want the conflict. Sure, they, yeah. they thrive on death and destruction. It's up to us, the normal people, to say, absolutely no way. Absolutely. If you want to fight the war, you do it. You do it. But they never do. They send us as cannon fodder. And no, they thrive on conflicts. And it's like, uh, I think it was the mother of uh, some of these Rothschilds uh, a while ago. She said that uh, if my if my children stopped waging war, the world would be at peace. And I, I totally agree. If these forces, you know, would stop messing with us, there would be no wars. And the reason why they're pointing towards North Korea is the central bank. The reason why they're pointing towards Iran is because the central bank there. That's the reason for the war in Syria, Cuba, these countries that are the last few ones with central banks. Because if they got control of the central bank, they can control the money in that nation. And you control the money, you control the food, you have that country under your control. But hidden control. So that is what they're, they're trying. These, that's why they're trying to demonize these countries. Oh, North Korea, it's so horrible, it's so horrible. Or Iran, it's so horrible, it's so horrible. Or Syria, so the, the, you know, it's, it, there's a different agenda going on. There's a very different agenda. And this whole thing with China, the idea with the New World Order has been for a long time to move, to deconstruct or destroy the U.S., and then move the, the headquarters of the New World Order to China or to Asia. That's where they then going to control. They're going to destroy the U.S. as we know it, which is they're really doing their utmost at the moment, and turn it apparently into sort of like a natural nature reserve, something like that, you know, with bisons and stuff where the elite can go and shoot and kill and whatever. But the, the whole thing in the U.S. as we know it, will be gone. It would be, if their agenda goes through, there will only be so-called smart cities where everything is being controlled in a digital grid, uh, autonomous vehicles, everything is speaking to each other, including your toilet and your fridge and your phone and the chip in your hand and whatever, so that you would be living, if you are still alive, will be a slave under total control. And I wouldn't say 90% depopulation. They are talking about two-thirds, but that is a lot of individuals anyway. And by the way, who are they to play God, I would say? If they want less people on the world, please, there's something called suicide. I will not stop you. I can <laughs> yes. even open the window for you. Feel free. That's one less, you know. So, But that's never the, the, the tune they play. It's always us that should be the ones paying the, the high price. You've done interviews all around the world, uh, Oli, and I got to ask you, where exactly is your favorite location? I don't really, because, uh, uh, you know, it's uh, wherever I throw my hat is my home. I My body was born in Denmark. Am I Danish? I don't think so. Uh, I have a Danish passport. Does that make me Danish? I grew up in Sweden. I've been living on Iceland, Spain, uh, Indonesia. I, you know, I, I meet beautiful, beautiful people everywhere uh, that is uh, sometimes confused will join the club and sometimes messed up will join the club. But otherwise than that, that what, I, what I find is that there is a dark force like a bully that is trying to control us. And that force is more or less everywhere where I've been. I don't know anywhere where it's not. So 
I, I don't have a favorite spot. I'm, I feel extremely blessed to be where I am now. I'm on the island of the gods, or the ba, what is called Bali. And it's the most gentle, kind place that I've ever been in my whole life. Very they nice. have a, a very specific, a very special mix of the Hindu and Bud- Buddhism here on this island. It's not like uh, the other islands uh, uh, where Muslim are, are Muslim. And nothing bad about Muslims, but there is a very different mindset. A very, it's much, much more stricter. I've seen, I feel when I go to Muslim countries, I've been to many. There's not this joy. There's not this kindness. Not this because of of uh, uh, the Quran, which is very strict in many areas. Here, there's a whole different way of living. A whole way, uh, different way of. Uh, the law of karma is very uh, prominent. They have, uh, and and they have, uh, they really, really try to be beautiful, kind, gentle individuals. And it's amazing to see when you got like a whole country. No, it's this is not a country. It's an island. It's an island. But yeah. when you got like like communities of kindness, when you got that, that of course there's a darker image behind it. But when you when that is the, the prominent feeling, it's just amazing and here for instance if uh, in the traffic here is mad it's absolutely mad and at the same time it's fantastic i think you know most people go on scooters it's absolute mayhem but at the same time there's no honking there's horns there's no aggression there's no nothing they've got like a general rule stay on the left please that's about it don't get hurt. Don't hurt anyone. That's about it. And then you can do anything you want, including driving up on the pavement. You know, nobody reacts. And if you mess up, and I messed up a lot, uh, I, I'm met by these beautiful smiles where they see, oh, I see you, brother. You totally messed up. Now you have no idea what you're doing, do you? And then a beautiful smile, and they they help you out of this situation. So to go into an intersection is, in the beginning was like, I'm not going to survive this whole thing. But then if you just put your intention to it and you push your way through in a gentle but direct way, you come out on the other side just like the others and everything is good. So I find it super interesting that to drive in chaos like this where there are no rules, I would say if you see this symbolically, I think that most people have a very good heart and there are no need for rulers. There are no need for like thousands of different uh, laws. You know, if you have the intention of kindness and gentleness and not hurting and not being hurt. And these are back to the Ten Commandments, more or less, you know, just follow that. Don't steal. Don't grab your neighbor's wife. You know, don't lie. Be a nice person. Do to others what you want them to do to you. It's very simple. And then to to actually experience it here on a physical level, it's amazing. Uh, It's absolutely amazing. And you, what they do on a scooter, I, you know, the other day we, we overtook, there was this guy on one scooter. He had a lot of big uh, uh, barrels on him. I don't, and six, I kid you not, six dogs sitting totally freely on top of these, uh, these cans. Wow. And just a big smile. It's, it's, That's how funny. is that even possible? You know, I've seen like five, uh, the most five people on one scooter. I don't know how they pack. I mean, they can load stuff on it where you like, is this even possible? And nobody reacts. Everybody's just helpful, kind, gentle, 
So I feel this in a very symbolic way. They, this is showing that there is a way to live without rulers. We're being told if, if, uh, you let go of the laws, people will, there will be anarchy. Well, what is anarchy? As far as I know, it's living without rulers. We don't need people to tell us what to do. We know in our heart what is right and wrong. We were right. born like that. We just need to start listening to the heart instead of the mind and, and stop getting out of our, you know, getting out of our own greed, the I, me, mind field and get into this this beautiful feeling of giving and generosity. I mean, it's beautiful to do that. And here on this island, I have not smelled a foul smell, I think, at all. Interesting. And this is in tropical climate. It is the, the smell of incense and flowers, and they're doing all of these ceremonies. I have no idea what they're doing. Very odd things, but very beautiful as well. They got one special day for where they worship metal or iron. And thank iron for everything it's bringing. Or there's one day for pets. There's one day for, for small companies and, and they work. It's, you know, so it seems like you really, um, this experience really, uh, like transformed your life there, Oli, living in, uh, Bali there in, in Indonesia. This is, you know, in one way we escaped from Spain. It was an absolute escape, you know, based on fear and, and, uh, woof. and then we came here. And we were given this absolute gift, you know, but Bali is brutal to other people. They say Mother Bali will spit you out. If you don't appreciate her, she will, she will not tolerate you, you know. So, but we live in absolute gratitude being here and on a daily basis trying to really, um, just be so grateful to be alive and be here in a place like that. And also the people that are here is really interesting. And not only the, the locals, but also, there's not a lot of, um, of expats left. Most of them left the island. But the people that are here are very, very interesting, you know, very much into healing, very much into all kinds of uh, very advanced knowledge in, in different areas. So I feel, uh, I feel very, very blessed to be here. You feel connected though, there. I could tell, Oli. I do. I do. Yeah, you're, I, you're like a much happier, my, my friend, being there. I could tell right away. I am. And at the same time, it's been like a, a roller coaster coming here, uh, on a, because it's like everything is being challenged as well. But I think that is, that goes for all of us in the world at the moment. Every single day, it's like anything that is not healed will come up to the surface. You can't hide it anymore. Very and true. So you have to deal with it. Yeah. Very true. And that's, but, that's what I experienced too. You know, I let these things build up and I didn't handle them like you're talking about. So again, all these things you talk about here, and every time we have these discussions, Oli, you know, it resonates with me tenfold each time. It's pretty wild. I'm very happy to hear that. Just uh, for your information, I, I've written several books, but one of them is a small little power book called Remind Me, Remind Me, Remind Me. You can find it on Amazon and whatever. And it's, it's a little bit of uh, the mindset that helps me keep my balance and what has helped me. So, uh, and it was, I downloaded it. You know, they say inspiration, it comes from, from the word in spiritus, when body and mind mm -hmm. aligned, spirit enters. And this was more or less downloaded. And so I'm, I'm very grateful to have been part of it. And I, there's a lot of, of uh, very easily understood. You can read it in one hour, something like that, but it has actually saved lives. So I can highly recommend it. And I'm very grateful to have been part of of making it become a material reality. Very but nice. Michael. Yes, sir. I would very much like to finish with a prayer. Go ahead. Yeah. 
are not religious because I think that religion is so often being used as a control mechanism once again, but we are all spiritual beings, so here goes. May the entire universe be filled with peace and joy, love and light. That is the entire universe, every square centimeter, millimeter, inch, be filled with peace and joy, love and light. May everyone, and especially the ones who hurt us, especially the ones who hurt us, be filled with peace and joy, love and light. May the light of truth overcome all darkness. So victory to that light. Very nice. I do appreciate that. I'm sure everyone listening will really uh, appreciate that as well. Very nice words there from Oli Damagard. And of course, you can find his book, Remind Me, on Amazon. And of course, you have Shadows, uh, Shadow of Tears, rather. You can find that on Amazon as well. And Oli, my goodness, time flew by. And of course, you know, it's always a big honor and pleasure for me. Every time we have these discussions, I learn something, learn something new every time. And uh, before I let you go, Oli, are there any final parting words you have for the listeners at home, except for that prayer, that was great, though. But so, I don't know. Not sure you could top that. Please, please remember, the only way we're being controlled is through fear. It is only through fear. That is also why we're being bombarded with fear from all different directions. So ask yourself, before you get fearful of anything you're being told, is it true? Is it true? Just because it's on the screen in front of you, is it true? Whatever is being delivered to you at this time or so much of what is being delivered comes through digital screens in front of you. Okay. That reality, that is where the reality of horror is being presented. I dare you, if you look out your window, I am almost certain that what you're looking at is absolute beauty wherever you are, where nature is uh, apparent, you know. So ask yourself, is it true? And then please also understand fear. Where is fear? Fear, the only way you can, you can't buy fear. You can't go, I want five pounds of fear, please. Or can you please share some of yours? Where is it? Your fear, Michael, is in your head, in your mind. My fear is in my mind. So it's not even there. It's not even out there. It's only in the mind. Okay. And it's always connected to something that has not yet happened. It's, you can't fear something from yesterday. You can fear that it will repeat itself, but it's not. It's always connected to the future, and it has not yet happened. So when you think of it, it's an absolute waste of life to be fearful because you are letting something in your mind that is not even real, connected to something that has not yet happened, which is pure speculation, control your life. And you're letting them get into your mind through that exact mindset. So it's an absolute waste of time, life, energy to be fearful. Is it easy to let go of it? Absolutely not. Is it impossible? Absolutely not. There are ways, you know. So many people have different ways of letting go of fear. And I would say face your fears is one way. I'm sorry, this is not an, a nice way, but it is a, a needed way something. You have to face your fears. But you can face it in different ways. It can be done through, if you fear karaoke, try karaoke. You can do it on your own or with your close friends or whatever. Or if you're afraid of heights, challenge yourself. Because whatever it is where, where fear is, behind fear is a door. And that door, if you face it and you dare to open it, boom, there's a diamond behind it. I was terrified of speaking in front of people just a few years ago terrified, like shaking, crying. I avoided funerals just 
out of the fear of somebody asking me to say something. I met that fear and what the hell happened to my life? Suddenly I'm all over the place. <laughs> yes. you know? So it's like, so fear, let go of it. You know, some people use music, go nature, you know, hug a, a dog, hug a cup, whatever works for you and just let it go. And please understand that we, you, we should actually applaud each other because we are in, being bombarded from all different directions by the most advanced a weapon of psychological warfare through propaganda, you name it, from coming from all directions, and we're still standing. We're still standing. So it's amazing. I, I think we're amazing. So just become aware of your mind, because that is where it's happening. And then just when you become fearful, hug yourself, breathe your way through it. Don't forget to breathe, because very often when we go into fear, it's because we stop breathing. So go have some deep breaths, you know, and then ask yourself if whatever scared you, is it true? Is it true? Just because someone tells you, but before you know that it's true, is it even worth reacting to? Just breathe, breathe, go for a walk, listen to some nice music, and then come back and look at the situation again. And then get on with your life, but through where you do conscious decisions about your future. And then also visualize what type of future do you want? Like if you listen to Corona, for instance, it's like, it's like, uh, going into a roundabout, Corona, 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 Corona. You don't go anywhere except into fear mode. But what about the future? How would you like the world to look on the other side of this? And what can you contribute with? What kind of specific skills have you got that can add value to this whole thing? Are you good at baking? Are you a good carpenter? Whatever you're good at can be a value if you add it in the right direction. And then just breathe your way through it. Be brave, be brave, be brave. And then meet this thing, pass it, and let's just get on with life and create a fantastic, beautiful paradise the way it's supposed to be before somebody ate the apple. So don't listen to the mind. Don't listen to the mind. Don't listen to doubt. You will be attacked by doubt when you decide, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. I guarantee you doubt will enter. That is a tool of defense that we've been set up with, but doubt is the biggest trader. You should not listen to doubt. Whenever you set your, this is the road I'm going to go, follow your goosebumps. That will show you the, the correct way where your spirit, where your soul wants to go. I totally guarantee you, you will be attacked by doubt, but that doubt, you should just breathe your way through it. Do not listen to it. Do not listen to it. It will come through the comments of friends and family and no, you can't do that. No, you have to make a living. Oh, don't be stupid. That don't be silly. You follow your goosebumps. That is the way forward. And then let it go, let it go. And on the other side of this, the more you start giving instead of just wanting, just give, 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 not with the intention of what can I get back. Selfless service is key. Selfless service is key. Just give it, give it and see the joy you're spreading. Don't do it for that. Because then once again, you're back into doing business. Yeah. Just do it, do it. And then if you're, if you're free inside, it will start returning to you. And then life becomes magical and beautiful and maybe a little bit scary, but you can handle it in a totally different way. So many cool worthy now, things you've said here, Oli. It's again, uh, it, it will definitely resonate with all of our listeners. Definitely confront your fears and allow your life to go on its natural course. 
I would say most people, you know, fail to do that sort of thing. Like you said, it's very hard to get themselves out of that proverbial hole. And of course, if anybody wants more information, please go to lightonconspiracies.com. And that's where you'll find Oli. Um, Oli, once again, thank you so much for being a part of the program. Always a honor and pleasure. Well, you know, we got to do this again. Um, Oli, you know, we, we go on months and months without talking. Up to you, Michael. I'm always here at service. Thank you so much, Oli. Well, once again, I will talk to you on the other side, my friend. <laughs> on the other side. <laughs> Have a good one. You too. So, here we are again. Just you and me. This is almost like old times, right? Before I shut it down, I do have some final words for you. You know, I'll try my best not to make this overly sappy. I did feel the need to sort of share this with all of you out there. You know, those of you who do care. I sort of feel like I owe this to you. So here we go. As much as I enjoy taking some much needed time away from everything here, I was reminded by some of you out there what the show means to you and how I played some role into helping guide you through a dark phase in your life. Yeah, can you believe that? I was contacted by several people. Several people I thought I'd never hear from. You know who you are, and I've been reminded just how meaningful all of this truly is. You forget that sort of thing. You really do. As time goes on, you really forget what this means to X, Y, and Z. And then, in my case, you easily forget the stories I was told on how you first heard the show, how you first came across the show, who you were with, what you were doing, the relationships you've made through the show. There's so many stories, so many you have shared with me. Shit is insane. It really is. I'm blown away. You know, I am overwhelmed by all the stories that you guys shared with me. I love it. And life has been incredibly strange, not just with the pandemic, but everything. Everything's been insane for me. Now, here comes the sappy stuff. Earmuffs. All the emails have been flattering. If only you knew, if only you knew how diverse this little bubble actually is plenty of college students plenty of folks who work quite serious jobs listening judges listening police listening people overseas working pretty dangerous jobs listening the alphabet boys they listen in sometimes even convicts have discovered this program oh yeah it's pretty wild pretty goddamn wild yeah whoever you are out there whatever country you're in whatever you're going through I just want to say thank you for listening to all of this for all these years. You're just as part of the show as I am. I mean that. You really are. Now I made promises here and there, and I watched time fly by. That is not like me at all, by the way. That's not even close to what I am in real life. You know, I can't afford to do that again. The last four or five months have been extremely taxing on the mind. I'm actually surprised I went this long with all the nonsense going on behind the scenes. You know, I went through an endless night and day life review cycle. Yeah, just endless flashbacks of things I've done wrong, people I've hurt, just all kinds of things. It's been pretty wild. And it, and it goes beyond these things that I'm telling you here. You know, I can't really share all the details with you. You know, there are some NDAs I signed. I can't really legally talk about everything. You know how that goes. You know how that goes. Oh, yeah. I have come to realize all these things were needed. They were all necessary for me, all in order for me to evolve. That's really what it was about. 
It's cool to pretend that nothing is going on and nothing is bothering you, but eventually you realize that you're slightly broken and damaged. You have to sort of lay low and refocus on shit, get yourself back in the game. Now, some of you out there might be going through something like that. I don't know. It's possible. If that's the case, though, I'm here to tell you, only you can pull yourself out of the situation that you're in. Whatever trouble that you're in, that's all on you. Sure, others can help you, but ultimately it's going to be you. That's just the way it works. And I am proud to say, I have turned it around. It took me a while, but I've been able to acquire some new projects. Doing some voiceover work, doing some commercial work. Perhaps even playing bass again. Now, I never thought I would ever be playing bass again, but a friend of mine... You know, wants me to lay down some bass tracks for him, like the, like the good old days. I felt like I probably should. Why not? I miss playing. I also want to say thank you, though, for sticking by me here. Please understand that I am quite addicted to the show, and I'm not going to be going away forever or anything like that. I'm not good with goodbyes, you know that. Those who know me know that. You know, I stay attached to uh, people like a preacher to a crucifix. It's true. Now, I hope you've enjoyed this evening. Before I let you go, I do want to announce that we do have a brand new sponsor here. Oh, yeah, we got a live one, folks. We've got a live one. The new affiliate is C60 Power. There will be a link below in the description. Click the affiliate link and enter the coupon code DEACON, all caps. Get yourself a little discount there. C60 is actually pretty good. I just started taking it. I got a little boost from it. Not that I need any kind of boost. I'm already all gimmicked up, so I don't need no boost. However, this will kick you up a notch, no doubt. So check them out, C60 Power. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to thank you for being a part of the program. You definitely are a part of this program. Make sure to catch the podcast rendition on all popular podcast platforms. Search Michael Deacon, and that is where you'll find gold. And remember, if you want more content, please go to patreon.com forward slash Michael Deacon. There are some free shows. However, if you sign up, you get a lot more. (laughs) That's for sure. You get a lot more. You will get a lot more if you sign up for $5. That's all it is. $5. Very, very cheap. Very low cost. High entertainment value. Low price. Where can you go wrong? You can't go wrong. I feel like I'm ripping myself off by giving you the show for basically for free here. So $5, not very much. Patreon.com forward slash Michael Deacon sign up. Be the best thing you've done for yourself in your entire life, I promise. Once again, reporting to you live from Health Central California. My name is Michael Deacon. It's been an honor and pleasure to be here. Please stay safer no matter where you are on this island earth. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place and life itself is a mystery. Until next time, mahalo.
Mike and Montclair. What's up, Mike? Governor, next time you want to sit on a beach that is closed to the entire world except you, yeah. You put your fat ass in a car and go hey. to one that's open to all your constituents. Uh, well, you know, not just you and yours. Interesting, Mike. You know what? That what's beach, that? that? What's beach, that, Gov? You know, Mike. I love I love getting calls from communists in Montclair. Communists in, in Montclair. Montclair. You know, you're a bully, you Governor, are, no, no, and I don't what? like bullies. You know what? And listen, I'm not the one who came you on the air. Hey, hold on, Mike. Mike, I'm not the guy who came on the air. Swore on the air. Who swore? And so you did. I, 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 get the heck out yeah, of here. You know, you're swearing on the air, Mike. You're 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 a bum. You know, so you let's so let's just you know, go, but, oh bad optics, okay? Mike. And I'd love to come look at your optics every day, buddy. Oh, that's you know what, and you know what, Mike. What matters is what you do. That's what matters. And what have you done? <laughs> what I just did was stop. Now, again, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to pinpoint it because, well, I, I think you kind of know the answer to that. Paradox. Yes, you discussed that with 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 Goldberg, and he has a good finger on it. Yes. Hey, listen. Uh, also, be, beyond Von Daniken, pay attention to to Whitley. Whitley is also not who he would appear to be. <laughs> be very careful of. Be very careful of of Doctor Hoagland. Hoagland has secrets. He knows things, and he hasn't even begun to indulge. His treasure of secrets. All right. Uh, I appreciate the call. Uh, Dr. Goldberg is not who he says he is. Whitley is not who he says he is. And watch out for Richard Hoagland. Earth changes, tsunamis for the Northwest sometime no later than August. Okay. Time Traveler line at area code 702-727-1295.